1: Congratulations to Andre in Hayesville for winning our giveaway of Wichita Thunder tickets and ice tea from HTO. Happy to do that for everybody. Uh, we'll try to do that as often as we can as Tommy and I bring a little of our other lives into the equation uh, every once in a while here on Sports State. Um, all right, Tommy, let's talk K-State tonight. A big one. Iowa State, who is just phenomenal at home uh don't believe me just take a look this year they beat texas tech by 34 at home they beat texas by 11 at home they lost to oklahoma state on the road they lost to kansas on the road they did get a win at tcu iowa state's really good caleb grill as of yesterday was doubtful the Mays grad is their third leading scorer um and a, and a key part of what they do. But Iowa State is five-and-a-half-point favorite right now on BetMGM, Tommy. I I got to tell you, with what we've seen out of Kansas State, one, I'm going to take a shot with that money line because it's like plus 190 now. But two, I'm also going to take a shot with the points there. Iowa State's really good, and they have blown people out at home. K-State's got some swag. Uh I am not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say I think Iowa State's gonna win by that big a margin tonight. I, I don't uh, even think I, I don't know that I think they're gonna win.
0: I love the money line. That's a juicy, juicy money line for Kansas yeah. State as the number five team in America uh getting plus money, and I get they're on the road against Iowa State and the Cyclones have not lost at home, but that's a juicy number. Where I will disagree with you a little bit, I don't like the over. Um only no, I don't like the how, over
1: either. Sorry, I like the points. Okay, gotcha. plus thought, five and okay. a half. Okay, gotcha.
0: I thought okay, gotcha. I thought you were talking about the over. Um, I don't like that because Iowa State, uh, is is stingy defensively, um, and so we've seen Kansas State be able to be, uh, stingy at times also, uh, inconsistently, but they they can do it also. So that over under is one hundred and thirty five. Um, I'm not sure that I'm not sure we're gonna get to get to that point. Um, but I do love the money line there. I think that that's something to take a swing at.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, that over-under is interesting because Iowa State, I mean, they both average higher than that. It, It just sort of depends. I think what's interesting about this game is both teams are capable sort of of playing both ways, right? Both teams are capable of slowing it down, and that's been one of the remarkable things about Kansas State is its adaptability to whatever style is being played in a game. But you know, this game right now, you've got Kansas State at six and one in the Big Twelve. Iowa State's right there with Texas at five and two. So just massively important, obviously. And I would say there's more pressure here, Tommy, for Iowa State. Because if Iowa State loses this, they're two games back of Kansas State, and now they got to play him again in Manhattan. That feels like for Iowa State, it's a game you feel like you got to win if you want to win the Big Twelve. For K State, if you lose this game, oh well, we get them back again in Manhattan. So you sort of have some control there against Iowa State. So I, I think K State has the opportunity to come in here and play a little free and easy. Uh, you know, obviously the odds makers and everybody thinks this is a game Iowa State's going to win, and I I sort of get why because it's one of the best home court advantages in all of the country to have to go to Ames, to play them. One of the great fan bases in all the country, underrated. I love Iowa State uh, for those reasons. Just go to the Big 12 tournament one year if you want to see how awesome their fans are. But I I, I like K-State in this spot. I really do, especially if Caleb Grills out.
0: Well, you know, they're in a position to where they can extend their lead in the Big 12 race right now. Uh, They are alone, on their own, in first place, which I'm not sure anybody would have predicted uh, as recently as a few not weeks ago. Not seven here, games into
1: the Big 12, no.
0: Here they are, you know, with, with sole possession of first place and the chance to extend that lead with a win against Iowa State. We talked about the Jayhawks earlier in the show, and they're reeling right now, and so, um, you know, Kansas State, they like you mentioned, can beat Iowa State, you know, tonight, and then Really, all the pressure is on the Cyclones when they come and play in Manhattan a little bit later on. Um, Same thing, same scenario with the Jayhawks right now. Like, the Wildcats beat them in Manhattan, and so now all the pressure is back on KU. So, yeah, I think that there is something to be said for K-State being able to play free and easy on the road tonight. And it is a hostile environment whenever you go in and and you're taking on Iowa State, um, you know, inside Hilton, It's a hostile environment. It always is. Their fan base is is nutty. It's crazy. That's why they call it Hilton Magic. But regardless, as somebody who is impartial, uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. It's going to be big time basketball at a high level uh, and a battle for first place. I love it.
1: Yeah, we get we get back to back gems and great gifts of college basketball last night with Baylor, KU, and tonight with Iowa State, K State. So interesting on so many levels for all four of those teams, um, and and you know, sort of like Baylor. Now I've seen Iowa State more than I saw Baylor going into last night. Baylor actually looked really impressive to me. Uh, they're going to come on with us. Baylor's Baylor's going to be in the mix for this Big Twelve title. Uh, they're, they're really they they look pretty good right now. Iowa State, while I've seen a little bit more of them, Baylor, not a whole lot. So I, I'm in, very interested to get you know more in tune with their players um, and, and what they sort of do. Um, it's it'll be fun. I like K State's chances tonight, and if they can get this one, if they can get this one, they've got the win against Texas. Man. They just, like, the amplified chances of that Big 12 title and not having to share it and all those things go through the roof. And, you know, it's so far back in the rearview mirror now of, like, oh, you know, when is reality going to set it? Man, this is such reality. Dennis Dodd, big CBS sports writer, uh, had an article up on Jerome Tang today and just how, you know, how it's played out. It's good stuff. The more of that stuff we see, you know, just the evolution of the, you know, identity and reputation of this program. Has transformed something he pointed out, which is good for K-State's chances tonight and, and just sort of amplified what I already thought is he pointed out, you know, there was a moment in the Texas Tech game where it appeared the, the Lawrence hangover had had kicked in a little bit, not the Lawrence, sorry, the KU, the, the Manhattan game against KU had kicked in a little bit and then they responded out of a timeout really well, went on a big run. So I think that's also in the rearview mirror now. Like, I almost think this game's a total reset, and K-State can just free and easy, play its game, you know, do its thing, um, and we'll see. Can Iowa State win this game? Of course they can, but yeah, but, but well, I think K-State will.
0: The other thing to keep in mind, uh, and we're going to be focused more on Kansas State because sure. we're here in this area, uh, but everybody talks about Jerome Tang and how great he is, and it's all true, and it's all correct. Uh, but they forget about his counterpart in Ames. T.J. Yep. Ulterberger has done a phenomenal job as the head coach for Iowa State, and if it wasn't for Jerome Tang, I think that Ulsterberger would be probably the front runner for Coach of the Year, at least in the Big 12, and maybe nationally uh, because of what he's done. Think about how down in the dumps, how bad Iowa State was when Steve Prohm left. Uh, that final year for Steve Prome, I want to say that Iowa State, I don't have it in front of me, but... I want to say they won fewer than ten games. It was they were. Like, I think they won like eight games in his final year, uh, and so that program had fallen off a cliff. And Ozelberger came in and very quickly turned them around. He hasn't been in that role for very long. What this is his second year, I think, at Iowa State. And so, yeah, of course, everybody is going to talk about the phenomenal job Jerome Tang has done, and, and that's correct. But that's what I'm really excited about watching tonight is the matchup between these two head coaches who have done wonders at their new jobs and very quickly in both cases turn their programs around and now have them competing for Big 12 titles. It's it's phenomenal, and I can't wait.
1: Yeah, it, it'll be fun, just like last night was fun. As much as, you know, there were parts of the KU Baylor game that were really frustrating, uh, I, I like I like the chances of this game to be
0: but how much fun is it how much fun is it that you've got the two elder statesmen of the Big 12 last night in Bill Self and Scott Drew Mm -hmm. and then tonight you have the two top newcomers in the Big 12 as far as coaches are concerned um it's it's two different matchups entirely um but both are, are really exciting
1: yeah uh yes absolutely um, and it will be. It'll be awesome. Another piece of news, Tommy, we want to get to yesterday. Uh, the Royals actually do something in the offseason of note. They trade Michael A. Taylor for a couple of reliever prospects, both of whom spent a little time in Wichita for the Wichita for the Twins uh in the wind surge. Um I I actually like this trade quite a bit for Kansas City. Um it, I, I think that, and I've said this a billion times. Kansas City is not going to get back to winning baseball unless it has an effective bullpen. Just it it is one of the critical parts of small market baseball. You have to have a good bullpen. And, you know, maybe this helps that. Michael A. Taylor, while I think is a handy player and will be handy for the twins, and I actually appreciate his time in Kansas City, didn't make a whole lot of sense for this roster. And so I, I think you know, the Royals went out and made a really smart, sound move that could help them. Maybe this year, but if not this year, for for whatever the future holds, to get a couple of guys that might be able to help you in the bullpen down the road. These are toolsy prospects here that they get back in a trade for a guy that was blocking a young guy and didn't really fit into the future of the franchise.
0: I get it. You know, Taylor also last season, his OPS was under 700. Um, So, it, you know, he's not a high-impact player. He was a gold-glover, you know, so I get that, you know, what he was able to bring defensively. He was fine, Uh, but when you are in a situation where you've got to get better with your pitching staff and especially in your bullpen and you've got young hitters that are waiting in the wings and you're taking away at-bats from them, in the case of Michael A. Taylor, I understand it. I don't think either one of these receive or one of these either one of these relievers um, are game changers by any means. But Michael A. Taylor isn't a game changer either. So it's a it's a minor trade in my mind, but it's one that I'm okay with, and I feel like it makes sense to be able to try to at least bolster your bullpen.
1: It, it does, and and it's not again. I, it's not that Michael A. Taylor's not Michael A. Taylor. I I thought had a nice little run with Kansas city. One of the better defenders, one of the better defenders at a premium position, um, had some pop, did some nice things, just didn't fit for what the Royals have to do. Ultimately, they're not ready for that kind of player to help them right now. I don't think that they are. And so the trade makes sense and it's, it's movement of some sort. Is it enough movement to satisfy a starved fan base and a team that wants to move into a new stadium downtown and, and all of those things? Probably not. But again, the problem, and we've talked about this, that John Sherman's gonna have here is they're not ready for that, but they also want to get their stadium built. So they're not ready to make those kinds of moves. Even if they were motivated to do it, it wouldn't be the right thing to do right now. Like there's not really <laughs> there's not really small free agent deals they're gonna be able to go do that make any sense to the rebuild, but that, you know, also might get people excited. It's like those are those are two things working against each other right now for this franchise, and, the you know, the only hope they have is for a vastly overachieving kind of year where they can be in position to do both things next year.
0: Yeah, they're kind of in a chicken or egg situation right now, yep. you know? Like, they want that new stadium in downtown um but they need to have a good team to get public support for a downtown stadium but then i think there's some of it where they kind of need a downtown stadium to be able to get excitement on with the team so i mean it's it's, it's kind of a i don't want to say a lose-lose situation it's very difficult and i would say at this point like unless they do vastly overachieve uh john sherman I know he wanted a, a private-public partnership. It might be a little bit more private when it's all said and done, uh, unless he gets you know a lot of support. It's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, it'll be tough, but that's a move, at least something, and one that I think makes a lot of sense. And and hopefully those two guys can factor in uh, and and be pieces of a bullpen as a part of a a bigger. God, it makes my skin crawl. Even still, calling it a rebuild. We, what what have we been doing here? Eight six nine twelve forty.